Before we start the podcast today, we would like to take a moment to send our sincerest condolences to the family and friends of those who lost their lives on Sunday, January 26th. Our thoughts are with you. Welcome to today's episode of the 15 Minutes of Fame podcast. I'm your host, Erica with Celeb Connect, and today we're going to be talking about the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant and the lessons that we can learn from the way he lived. Joining us today in this discussion is Paul Bromby, the senior producer for Sportsnet Central. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. I'm excited about it. The 15 Minutes of Fame podcast, your destination to learn from people that are passionate about their business and have amazing stories to tell. Are you ready to elevate your expectations of what you thought was possible? It's time to get inspired. So I'd like to start by saying that I'm not the hugest sports or basketball fan, but this really hit home for me, the death of Kobe. Why are so many people outside the sports world so affected by, by his death? I think... Uh, personally, and, and I am a huge basketball fan, but I think why it affected everyone is just, uh, I think it's the family tragedy, to be honest. I think, um, you know, he lived his whole life, he had dedicated his whole life to basketball, and we saw the work that went into it. He became one of the best basketball players ever. Um, and I think a lot of people saw, you know, this was his time um, in retirement that he would spend with his family, that he was, you know, mentoring and molding his daughter, Gianna, like to be like him and have that, you know, Kobe mama mentality. And, you know, I think where I work, we were going into, you know, I had to rush into work and, you know, we had to set up to do sports at central and do a report at the halftime and do a post game show. And, you know, I think all of us were kind of just went into work mode, but what, when it really hit me and when it really hit all of us is when we found out that it was, parents of children and 13 year old girls on their way to a basketball game, you know, on the way to a basketball practice, actually. And that kind of human element, we all, you know, I drive my son to hockey on Saturdays, you know, we drive our kids to soccer games, um, you know, being on the team bus, being in a van, you know, that's when you have those family moments. And I think, you know, we all pictured ourselves with our children in that helicopter and, you know, um, Oh man, I, I just picture myself grabbing my son and holding him as a helicopter's going down and that's where like it really hit me. Um, and I think that's the human element that it, it hit all of us and made us all uh, affected by it, you know, and I've seen some backlash, like why do we care about the other people? And you know, it's one person, it's Kobe, but Kobe, we grew up with him. I've seen him play basketball since he was 17 years, years old. And, you know, and we've seen the human element of Kobe. He's made many mistakes, big mistakes. And, you know, I don't think we're brushing those under the, the carpet or the rug by any means. But, and, you know, we've talked about them, but, you know, he learned from his mistakes and we were seeing him become a great dad and putting his daughter into the forefront. And I think what really bothered a lot of us is I think, you know, we were cheated. We were cheated by not seeing Kobe's greatness and later in life that we saw on the basketball court. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are just so many lessons here. Um, I'd like to start. What is the Mamba mentality? Let's start with that. Well, you know, the Mamba mentality is kind of like, uh, you know, a self-proclaimed third person kind of thing that he made as a, uh, you know, a narrative that he created for himself, quite honestly. But, you know, he didn't have to put that that uh, out there because we knew what that Kobe Mamba mentality was. And it's twofold. And you can use it in life, you can use it in business. But the first part is hard work. He outworked 
anybody, everybody that was in front of him, he outworked them. Um, and, you know, but also, you know, I, and they say in any sport is that hard work and talent will always outperform just talent. So he put the work in, um, you know, there's so many stories. And when we heard of all of this, just so many stories of him just being there hours before anybody, like with, you know, the, the, uh, the redemption team, the dream team, team USA, he was calling the coaches to get in the gym at 4am, you know, two hours before, you know, the other players were getting there and then working out when they worked out. Like he just wanted to prove to everybody that he was a harder worker than anybody. And that goes into the next part, which was uh, ultimate belief and mindset. He had the ultimate confidence in himself. And, you know, the ultimate confidence comes from putting that work in. Um, when I teach uh, basketball to kids and the first thing I do when I line them up on the baseline is say, what's the most important thing about shooting? And they always talk about, oh, my elbow in, you know, balance, look at the rim, follow through. They give me all the kind of technical terms. And what I say is no, believing it's going in. So it doesn't matter what you do in life, what you do in business, what you do in sports. If you don't ultimately 100% believe in what you're doing, you'll never achieve it. Um, and, you know, confidence and ultimately believing in yourself. But if I don't put the work in, I can't truly believe in what I, in myself. You know, I know that person over there has worked hard on me. So they're probably going to, they're probably going to beat me. So I think it's twofold. It's hard work and it's the ultimate stream of consciousness that you believe in yourself. Yeah, like I think most people have heard the story from Jason Williams talking about when he saw Kobe practicing for so long before the game and that Kobe, you know, sort of said, you know, I'm going to work harder than you. I knew you were there. And I think that's a huge lesson for entrepreneurs because or anybody really striving to succeed, you know, that you have to work really hard. But is there also a lesson that, you know, working that hard that maybe he missed time with his family and then he retires and then two years later this happens what do you think the lesson there is? I mean, how, how hard should we work? You know, I, I, I spoke with Adam about this, and I, th I think that's the tragic irony of all of it, is that he worked so hard and he put all the work in. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be lost that Vanessa probably kept that whole family together. And, and, you know, so are we working too hard that we're losing parts of our family? Um, you know, I know I work my butt off, and it, it definitely uh, takes away from my family time, time with my son. Um, but you got to understand why are you working hard? And I'm working hard to provide for him. Uh, and set an example to show that, you know, what hard work really is. But, you know, and even in playing the game of basketball, I can work my butt off and run around in circles and not accomplish anything. It's, it's having vision and having a, you know, setting a site, you know, this is what I'm going to aim towards. This is what I'm going to work hard towards. Um, so you can work hard, but you also need to work smart. And time management is a huge part of that. Ironically, Kobe, you know, bought a helicopter to save time to spend with his family. You know, there's so many ironies in all of this, but that is, that is a real big one. Uh, and, you know, and I think it's tragic. I think he, um, you know, he was, he was attacking being a parent and being a dad for his girls um, the way he attacked being a player. And uh, he put, he was putting everything into it. And, and, you know, he was a champion for women's, for women in sports. Like he said that, you know, he thinks that women should be playing in the NBA right now. He said, there's women that are good enough to play in the NBA. Now, whether or not that is true, that's a whole other debate, but he was setting an example for his daughter that you need to aim higher than anybody else. You need to believe in yourself. You need to set goals. And I think that's exactly why he said it. And it became a bit of a controversy, ironically, a couple of weeks before he passed. But, you know, I just think, it really is sad. Like we didn't get to see him become the dad that he could have been and be an example for all us dads of how hard he worked and putting his daughter in the forefront and, and letting her shine. 
So yeah, it's, um, you know, and in business, like really you have to have a work-life balance. You know, it's great to work your butt off and be, you know, I work harder than you, but I, I'm missing out on my son's hockey games. I'm missing out on basketball practice. Is that really worth it? And I think we all have to ask ourselves, like, what is, why are we doing this? Why am I working so hard? What, what am I working for? And if it's for your family and you're going to not spend time with them, what the hell are you doing? You have to work really hard, but at some point you might sacrifice what you're working hard for. So yeah, just to think about that and make sure you're not doing that to your own family. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm sure you've seen so many stories and heard so many stories of people who are really affected by, by the loss of Kobe. Are there any that really stand out to you? Oh, man, that's a tough question. You know, the one that does stand out to me, and uh, I think we were all waiting to hear from him, was uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq, who um, was – you know, they were twofold. They were the two best players on the Lakers. And, um, you know, and, and, and they had some fights, some up and ups and downs, some falling outs, and he hadn't talked to him in a long time. And uh, I think the message I get from that when I heard him talk is that, you know, if you have a problem with somebody or if you're not communicating with somebody, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends or even at work, you know, don't don't hold on to that grudge. Don't hold on to that bullshit. Like, let it go say you're sorry. You know, I say sorry all the time, you know, whether I mean it or not, I say sorry so we can move on from it. And, uh, and I just think that, you know, we, I think that is the lesson is that Shaq and him, their egos were so big. They still accomplished team goals, but if their egos weren't as big and if they actually bought into a team concept as much as, you know, as much as they bought into their own individual goals, they probably would have been together and won eight, nine championships. And I think, you know, that's the one person that really I felt for was Shaq because I think he's going to, he's living with it right now. You can see it on his face. He's living with regret that he had a falling out or they weren't always eye to eye, but they were such a cohesive, amazing duo that only now when is when he's gone, you know, that he really realizes it. I have seen so many huge uh, professional athletes, men, on stage, on the microphone, crying and being super vulnerable and, and sharing their experiences of their own life and, and what they're feeling. And I just think that, you know, Kobe's death has really created a lot of talk about important issues and has changed the way that people look at their own lives, really. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, uh, you know, uh, just days after Bell Let's Talk Day, um, I think for a long time, men have felt like they needed to be these stoic, uh, never show emotions. I'm a man. I don't cry for too long. And honestly, I think a lot of the problems in the world comes from bottled up emotions and anger that men have that end up being wars, quite honestly, that instead of, you know, being in contact with your emotions, being able to cry, being able to tell somebody, you know, that hurt my feelings rather than getting angry and punch them in the head. Like, the, you know, and, and this is coming from somebody that when I was younger would get angry and punch somebody in the head. And, you know, I've had to learn some really hard lessons along the way um, and go through a lot of work of the things that I'd bottle up emotionally, things that I'd gone through. Um, and I think it's good to see men cry. I think it's good to see men show their emotions. I think, you know, I think that there needs to be a shift there. And, uh, you know, sports for men, I think, is an escape for all of us to get away from those emotions or be aggressive and, and release those emotions because we aren't really looked at to talk about those things. And I think uh, a shift is needed. Yeah. 
So, Paul, one of the huge lessons that I've seen really come out of this, and it's everywhere, is the idea of girl dad and, and you know, seeing men taking photos with their daughters and it's just spreading, um, you know, obviously you think that that's important, but can you tell me a little bit more about what you've seen um, come out of this in that respect? Yeah, I think another part of this and one of, you know, one of the tragedies is that I think women's sports uh, and the, Kobe's relationship with his daughter and how he was really pushing for her. I think we lo- they, they lost a champion in Kobe, uh, someone that I know had he been alive, you know, for the next 5, 10, 15 years, he really would have pushed um, women's sports and putting eyeballs on women's sports and making sure they get the attention that they deserve. Um, and, you know, the whole girl dad thing is is pretty cool. Um, I coach girls with boys and, you know, I, I remember one girl coming up to me before, uh, a pri- or actually a summer camp and telling me, Oh, like I'm nervous coach. I'm the only girl here. So there was like 24 guys and one girl. And I said, well, this is just your opportunity to kick all the guys butts. And I saw like a spark in her eye. And, you know, by the end of the week, she was kicking every guy's butt and she was getting rebounds and knocking guys over and picking them up full court. And uh, I mean, I was her biggest champion that whole week. I think I was cheering her name the whole time. And the coolest thing that came out of that is I got an email from her mom probably, you know, a couple of weeks later and just saying she was so nervous and so shy. And after that experience at your camp, she walks around as a confident young girl and isn't afraid to take on the boys and take on challenges. And I think you know, even that one story, just to know that, you know, as male role models and coaches, if we can be a champion for young girls and, and give them confidence that they can do anything a guy can do and more, then I think, you know, I think that's one lesson that I want to, you know, push and, and push when we're coaching basketball as well. Yeah, I mean, being a girl and growing up, you know, I feel like a lot of girls who love sports, people kind of feel like they're acting like boys because they like sports. But no, they're acting like girls who love sports. So I think it's it's a big shift in perception to see to see it like that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, like I think a lot of the the roles that we've been defined in for for men and for women, and we really see I see a difference that you know I it's funny I work in a, a very male dominated industry. Like a lot of the people behind the scenes are male. A lot of the people in executive positions are male, and you know we need to start initiatives to change that. Uh, and to have more women and to have more women in prominent visible roles. The day that uh, the news broke about Kobe, you know, the producer who produced that show, her name is Margot Zemus and she's female and she's one of the best producers we have at Sportsnet and is one of the best producers in Canada, like period, like sports producers. She, like in a time where it was very, very, you know, hard, emotions are running high and we needed somebody to be a leader. She was an absolute complete leader, kicked ass. And, you know, I told her afterwards, like, we couldn't have had a better person in position for this day because of your tone that you set and the leadership that you set. And I felt like, you know, I felt like a proud coach. I felt like a proud dad. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, champion for women, she steps in there, you know, was captain of the ship. And those are really, really intense, stressful moments when you're doing live television, especially dealing with death and sports that we honestly don't deal with. Um, we're not prepared to deal with it as much as news is. And when we did, uh, Margo, you know, like I said, she was an absolute champion. Like she just was a leader and we were all so proud of her. So, you know, those types of things, especially in business, especially where we work, we need to have more prominent women in, in those areas. 
So what is Kobe's legacy? Uh, I think Kobe's legacy is that he's one of the best basketball players to ever play. Um, but more importantly, I think that he um, was a creator and he wrote his own story. Um, you know, he had all the talent in the world, but he put the hard work in and took that talent and rose to the absolute pinnacle of his career in sport. And I think the lesson to be learned would just be, you know, take that drive that he had and put it into what you believe in. And I think that's his legacy. I think the Mamba mentality is exactly that. It's hard work and it's believing in yourself. Yeah, Paul, I think that that's a, that's a really great way to, to end the conversation. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Um, yeah, I mean, there's something that uh, I kind of touched on earlier, but New Horizon Basketball, um, I, I've been doing it with Titus Channer here for about the past uh, seven or eight years uh, in Markham and, and in Brooklyn, North Whitby. And I think, you know, a lot of things we touched on are things that I try to, you know, bring to the children that we teach. And that's, you know, hard work, um, being confident, being leaders. Um, it's not just about better being better basketball players or teaching them to be better basketball players. That's, that's one part of it, but it's being better people and being better teammates. And if, you know, if we can do that through new horizon, I think uh, that we've accomplished our goals. And if, uh, you know, if you live in Ontario and you want to get a hold of us, it's newhorizonbasketball.com. Uh, I know I spoke with Adam about this and Titus and I are hoping to maybe bring uh, a camp to Halifax this summer or, or next summer, but yeah, newhorizonbasketball.com. I know this is very personal for you, Paul, and it's, it's a tough topic. So thank you so much for, for joining us and spending time with us and sharing today. You're welcome. Thank you.